0: What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Thursday, December the 6th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football and on today's show we get into the weeds breaking down Sunday's crucial game against Tom Brady and the hated Patriots and as we do weekly we'll lock it up and predict the score of the game as well as give you all the pertinent details of this matchup injury news my most memorable games in this rivalry and a whole lot more but first before any of that I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcast leave us a rating leave us a review follow me on Twitter at NFL. NFL, follow the show at Locked On fins and check out lockedondolphins.com, the number one blog in the entire Locked On network. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast, for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. It is a Thursday, which means we have Wednesday injury reports to update. We'll go ahead and do that right now. All right. And for the Patriots, a pretty small list of injured players. You look at their list in general, they haven't lost that many players to IR all season long. But coming into Wednesday's practice, they had four players and all of them were limited in practice on Wednesday. They are tight end Dwayne Allen, safety Patrick Chung, tight end Rob Gronkowski, and quarterback Tom Brady. Now for Miami, the story is pretty different. They had two players that did not participate, including one very, very important one, And one player with a veteran's day off, as is the case for Cameron Wake every single Wednesday. Frank Gore will get his day off tomorrow. And Danny Amendola, who missed last week's game, was back at practice. He figures to be a part of this game as a limited participant. But the one player that did not practice and suffered an injury in that game over Buffalo was Xavier Howard. And it sounds like he might miss this game and some more time, as Adam Gaze described Howard as week-to-week. However, Adam Beasley did tweet that some of the Dolphins players, Xavier Howard's teammates, think he has a chance to play on Sunday. So we'll get you guys updated on that throughout the week. Other limited players, in addition to Amandola, Cornell Armstrong, Jake Brendel, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker, and Travis Swanson, who was back at practice. So good news for him up there. And one last bit of roster news for you guys. AJ Derby was placed on injured reserve. And in his place, the Dolphins signed cornerback, D Delaney. But we have a game in 72 hours. Let's go ahead and get right into the preview. That's another... First down on today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by Action Heat, where you can stay warm and toasty all winter long, regardless of the elements. And the Patriots return to South Florida for what has been described as their own personal house of horrors, and more particularly for Tom Brady, who comes down to Miami for the 17th time in his career, and in the 16 games previously, he has seven wins and nine losses in this building. So the Dolphins find a way to get this Patriots team more often than not. We've talked about it all week long. Miami has won three of the last four games down here in South Florida. And as Belichick prepares his team for the pilgrimage South, one thing the Patriots did last year was practice in a climate-controlled inside facility at their practice facility, cranking the heat up and trying to acclimate. But this week, however, they will practice outside in the 30-degree temperature in Foxborough all week long. So when they come to Miami for an 80-degree game on Sunday, it'll be about a 50-degree change for them. So that figures to play a factor in this game as the Patriots can clinch their 10th consecutive AFC East title in this game. Unprecedented in the league. That would be a league record for 10-year straight division champs. And one thing I spoke to a Dolphins player about post-game on Sunday, comparing Josh Allen to Tom Brady, and Jerome Baker gave me a very simple quote. Basically said, Tom is Tom. And that kind of shows you the respect all these players in the Dolphins locker room, young or old, have for Tom Brady and his five Super Bowl rings. So the Dolphins need to get this win to stay in contention. And how are they going to do that? Well, it's going to be a challenge because the Patriots can present problems on both sides of the football for this Dolphins team. We'll go ahead and start on the Patriots offense, which as you guys know, every single year, every single week, they tend to adapt what they do to fit their opponent and best attack their vulnerabilities and weaknesses. And I expect none of that to change. Although the Patriots this year continue to do what Belichick has always done. They zig when the league zags and they are going back to more of a Traditional type of offense with two running backs, sometimes two tight ends, whatever it is, they want to go heavy, they want to run the football, establish the running game, and make things easier on Tom Brady in the short passing game, mostly to the backs as well as to the tight ends over the middle of the field, as well as Julian Edelman. So those guys will all get some play, but the biggest name that even Mark Schofield talked about on yesterday's podcast is is fullback James Devlin because Dolphins teams, this Dolphins team this year has struggled with teams that line up with two backs and use a lead dive, a lead blocker, so to speak, in those A and B gaps to create opportunities where the linebackers have to get off blocks and make plays, something these guys struggle with quite a bit for the Miami Dolphins. So I would expect to see much of the same, a heavy dose of the running game. Sony Michel had 112 yards in the last game, and most of that came untouched before the line of scrimmage as the Dolphins failed to get penetration. Tom Brady has his lowest passer rating right now since the 2013 season, his highest interception rate since 2013, and his lowest yards per attempt average since 2015. And I think there is a bit of a decline coming in Tom Brady's game. We heard it on yesterday's podcast. Mark Schofield does think that Brady will retire after this season. No insight, just an inclination from Mark, but a great source nonetheless. And speaking of retirement, it sounds like Rob Gronkowski could be leaning that way as well, as his game this year has been really a far cry from what he used to be, as he looks slow and generally less effective than he has been throughout the course of his entire career. Now where the Patriots are also strong is on the offensive line. But Between those three guys in the interior front for them, Shaq Mason, Joe Tooney, and David Andrews, they are about as good as it comes. Where Miami has to win this matchup is on the outsides. Cameron Wake versus Marcus Cannon and Robert Quinn versus Trent Brown. They have to create pressure in that way and get the football out of Tom Brady's hands as he tries to get the ball out to Gronkowski. Josh Gordon, who's ranked 35th on PFF and averages 17 yards per catch, and Julian Edelman, who ranks 47th on PFF and averages 11.4 yards per catch. Per catch. that's the offensive breakdown for this Patriots team. We're going to get into the defense, the lock of the week, and pick this game on the other side of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. But first, a word from Action Heat. This episode of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing with heat on demand at the touch of a button. Action Heat's clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to that of a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees and are powered by a rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 12 hours on each charge, and you can even charge your iPhone, iPad, or other gadgets while you're wearing them. As the holidays near, Action Heat is perfect for any friend or family member on your holiday gift list and great for anyone that works outside, whether it's construction, skiers or snowboarders or anybody that loves being outdoors but hates being cold. And Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your entire body. They have heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. Action Heat has designs for both men and women's clothing and new models released for this winter season. You can make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth from Action Heat. And right now we've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order when you go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20% off your order. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. It's a Thursday on the Locked On Dolphins podcast for December the 6th, 2018, which means there is football on tonight and there is football on Sunday for our Miami Dolphins. We're talking about that game here against the New England Patriots as Miami looks to make it two in a row at home and climb right back into the AFC playoff picture with a victory and get to 7-6. and six. We broke down the Patriots offense on the last side of the podcast. Now we're talking about their defense. And while the scheme of the Patriots offense tends to change week to week, Their defense can be pretty similar from week to week in terms of taking away the team's best player. Who are they going to single out and take away that guy? And currently on this Dolphins offense, it's tough to really pigeonhole which guy they will choose because frankly... Nobody's been dominant and I would assume it's Kenyon Drake, but as Kenyon Drake goes, he gets about nine touches per game. So I doubt that's going to be the focal point of the Patriots defensive plan. I assume it'll be Kenny Stills because he offers the most dangerous threat to this defense with the deep ball and the vertical passing game. So I assume they go after Kenny Stills, probably force the football into Devontae Parker and the Dolphins to run the football and use plenty of guys in coverage to fool and confuse Ryan Tannehill in the way they did back in week four up in Foxborough. And as far as their players go, the Patriots defense personnel wise isn't as good as it has been in the past, but they're getting the job done with efficiency. They continue to be one of the better red zone defenses in the NFL. And all of it starts with safety Devin McCourty, who is basically the straw that has stirred the New England drink for about a decade now going back to 2010. He exemplifies their fundamentally sound football team approach in general as he has just three missed tackles on the entire year and the Patriots use about more dime package and even quarter package coverage than any team in the NFL because they have three safeties they love I talked about Devin McCourty Patrick Chung and Daron Harmon round out that trio of stellar safeties for that team and Daron Harmon allows a reception only every 32.8 snaps He is on the field. And speaking of lockdown cover guys, Tafon Gilmore has been worth every penny the Patriots paid him last offseason. As quarterbacks targeting Gilmore average a passer rating of 72.3 on the year. Now you move up closer to the line of scrimmage. Lawrence Guy has been their man as far as stopping the run and clogging holes on the interior defensive line. He is 12th best in the NFL with his run stop percentage, making 20 of his 29 tackles within two yards of the line of scrimmage. He and Malcolm Brown form a very formidable tandem up front for the Patriots multiple fronts. Now, speaking of that upfront portion of their team, Trey Flowers is the Patriots' premier edge rusher. Although he only has six sacks, Adrian Claiborne has chipped in with five of his own, and he has the higher pass rush productivity number at 8.2 compared to Flowers' 8%. Both figure right in that 20 to 25 range in the NFL. And I talked about the dime package of the Patriots' defense. They use more defensive backs than linebackers. They are kind of advanced in that way. Kyle Van Noy is the leading snap getter at the linebacker spot. He gets 727 this year, while a longtime stalwart Dante Hightower has just 572. They rank 58th and 62nd, respectively, among linebackers on pro football focus. So confusing coverages in the back end, an offense predicated on balance and running the football, taking advantage of play action, taking advantage of linebackers. I talked about how the Patriots will likely take away Kenny Stills in this game, and on offense, they're going to find a rabbit, so to speak, to go after. And one of the biggest problems in this game for Miami is the potential absence of Xavier Howard. It sounds like he is doubtful at this moment to play the game on Sunday, and without him, it's going to be tough for the Dolphins to stop this Patriots offense. I assume that whoever fills in for Howard, probably Tory McTire, who also got taken up and down the field by this Patriots offense back in Foxborough in week four, you figure that Tory McTire steps into that role and I assume the Patriots will go after him time and time and time again which is one issue the Dolphins defense will face. And like I mentioned, the other one, linebackers trying to get off blocks, a lead block from a fullback, James Devlin, Kiko Alonso, Rayquan McMillan, slow to diagnose, slow to move in general. That figures to be a big problem for this Dolphins defense. Now, are there some opportunities? Of course there are. The Patriots don't like coming to Miami, and it's evident by their record over the last several years. That 50-degree swing is definitely going to have an impact coming from Boston to Miami. And if the Dolphins can establish the running game, which kind of has been one of their best aspects of the game, aside from the defensive takeaways this year, if they can find a way to be multiple in the running game, keep the chains short on the down distances, they can find a way to keep the Patriots offense on the sideline and score enough points to win the game, and This is probably the most cliche, obvious thing I've ever said on the podcast, but the Dolphins absolutely have to convert red zone opportunities into touchdowns at a higher rate than the Patriots because this Patriots defense wants to let you get up and down the field and then put the clamps on you down in the red zone and hold you to three points per possession rather than giving up to seven. If Miami can get seven more than three, that will behoove them, obviously. And of course, the Dolphins red zone defense has been one of their stronger points this year. So holding the Patriots to three is really their only opportunity to find a win in this game and we've given you the injuries the offensive and defensive breakdowns. so what's left in this game besides to predict it we'll do that in a second but first you guys know what time it is it's time to lock it up you better lock it up you better lock it up no you lock it up you lock it up lock it up lock it up and this Sunday's lock of the week has to do with the point spread and the overall feeling of this game as the Dolphins welcome the Patriots in as eight point favorites and the lock of the week this week is going to be Despite the fact that the Dolphins might be down Xavier Howard and all the matchup issues I pointed to in the podcast, it's going to be a one-score game. That's the prediction. A one-score game as the Patriots come to Miami and get the Dolphins' best effort, the best Performance, I think, individually across the board for the Dolphins team this year, offensively and defensively, and they give the Patriots a good game. Now, will the Dolphins be on the right side of that one-score game? I'll give you my prediction next and talk about the Dolphins playoff competition and recount some of my favorite games within this rivalry recently. We'll do all of that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. We've got one more podcast this week, taking the Twitter mailbag questions, talking about Dolphins and Patriots, getting final preparations ready for the game on Sunday. But here on this podcast, we're talking about the prediction for the game on Sundays. The Patriots travel to Miami as eight point favorites. And I talked all podcast long about whether I think 12 or 21 personnel can really take advantage of the Dolphins' defense, especially without Xavier and Howard and their multiple looks on both defense and offense. So I talked about that I think it's going to be a one score game, even though it just doesn't make any sense to me that it should be a one score game. I do think it will be a one score game. But because the history favors the Dolphins against this Patriots team, I think the Dolphins cover that spread and they have have a chance to win the game late but in a one-score game with Tom Brady versus Ryan Tannehill I'm sorry but I gotta take the Patriots 27-20 Patriots win Dolphins season becomes basically bust at that point and we start shifting our focus to the offseason nonetheless this team really gave us a great effort all year long they played hard overcame some injuries got to six and six at this point and I know that everyone's going to be disappointed with that result and that outcome but if that's the case I guess you can make an argument there's some upside to look forward to in the future, but here we are talking Dolphins-Patriots. 27-20, Patriots win, Dolphins fall to 6-7. That's my prediction. I hope like hell that I am wrong on that, but that's what I'm calling. And in hopes of being wrong, let's go ahead and restart this podcast and talk about some of the more memorable games in recent Dolphins versus Pats history. I'm going to list off my three personal favorite games and I think it kind of starts this century post 2000 and up first is the 2013 win over the Patriots in December, a game that really should have put the Dolphins into the playoffs. They would go on to lose to the Bills and Jets the following weeks, only needing one of those games to clinch a playoff spot, but that doesn't change the fact that Michael Thomas signed freshly off the San Francisco 49ers practice squad the week prior, comes in and makes the game-sealing interception of Tom Brady in the end zone to give the Dolphins a big time win. Ryan Tannehill throws three touchdown passes including one on the game-winning drive to beat the Patriots and get them to 8-6 and at that point in the year. Number two, probably number one for a lot of people, but I'm going back to 2013 for number one. This one, 2008 Wildcat game. Ronnie Brown, you guys all know the story by now. Five touchdowns, four on the ground, one through the air, just completely fooled Bill Belichick. I've never seen a Belichick defense so dismantled and so unprepared in that way, and that's why that is number two. Number three, the 2004 game, the night that Curry, War Orange on Monday night, and I have to admit that I really wasn't that in tune to that game because back then, a 16-year-old kid on on winter break, as it were, I was more concerned with playing poker with my friends. Then I was watching a, what was it, 2-12 football team at the time. And sure, they ruined the Patriots' night and their run that season. They'd go on to win the Super Bowl, obviously. But for the Dolphins, that was a big win. Arturo Freeman, James McKnight, A.J. Feely, some names that go down in Dolphins' lore for one single performance, nothing beyond that. So 2013, 2008 in Foxborough, and 2004 back at the old Dolphin stadium, which is the current Dolphin stadium, just rebranded about six or seven times. I'm almost out of time on this podcast, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention something that I wrote on Twitter, or I suppose that I tweeted out on Tuesday night as I was at dinner at an authentic Mexican restaurant that had outstanding food, and that's been the case all week long down here in Miami, whether it was Cuban, Mexican, Greek, it's been fantastic, the weather has been great, I don't know how any of you guys would ever want to leave here, and tonight we're going to head out to Funky Buddha, so the South Florida experience continues for me. And I have fallen completely in love with this area over the week. Hopefully one day I can convince the Misses to move down here and become a fixture in the community. But until then, I'll continue to cover the team from afar. And on that note... I've got to get out of here for tonight. But you guys, as always, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Bang that follow button on Twitter at NFL for the show at Locked On Fins. And keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. We have the preview piece up there for you guys a little more in depth and the podcast up live right now. You guys have a great rest of your night. Back tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.